Marvelites, welcome to episode number 34 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of all things Marvel. I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M, Executive Editorial Director for Marvel's Digital Media Group, joined by... My name is Ben Morris, Marvel.com Associate Editor, and as always with me is... You guys are talking so fast. Blake Harris, <laughs> Associate Producer, and joined by... Rachel Pittman. And Krista Maldonado. Yay! Your interns. We're starting off as fast as we can because Blake and I have to go to YouTube for a big meeting, and then we have another meeting tomorrow, so we're recording this on Tuesday, which is a lot earlier than we normally do. I've had a fair amount of coffee, and I went to the gym this morning, and I've been very angry, and it's been one of those mornings, and we're going to go, go, go. If you're just joining us on This Week in Marvel, we talk about everything Marvel. You were like the Micro Machines <laughs> guy up until then. Yeah. And then... Hey, you gotta, you gotta <laughs> when you swerve, you gotta really yeah. swerve. Uh, We're saving all the time here so yes. we can just, you know, dive into questions later. Yeah, so yeah, if you're just joining us, we're gonna talk about all the comics, movies, video games, toys, gear news that we can, information, new releases, fun stuff. We're gonna start off with comics, but if you have any comments about the podcast or questions, comments about Marvel, send them to us via Twitter using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. We're gonna jump right into comics available for the week of June. 20th, 2012, with Astonishing X-Men number 51. This is the big wedding issue between Northstar and his fiancé, boyfriend, slash now husband, Kyle. It's been building for a little while. I think my favorite part of this was seeing all the little cameos and guest appearances throughout it. Like, on the cover, you've got this really funny-looking dupe on there. Yeah. Let me mention, great cover by... Dustin Weaver. Yeah, our man Dustin Weaver. Art by Mike Perkins, story by Marjorie Liu. Some weird, creepy stuff with karma, which I'm sure we'll get more of that coming up. You know, the wedding was really cool. It's good that you saw different sides. Not everybody is like, hey, yay, marriage. It was like, hey, I don't approve of this. I'm out. Or, you know what, this makes me uncomfortable. Or people just sort of questioning and talking. And it's very realistic, very real world. So definitely a cool issue. Hopefully, oh, Duke. I saw Duke. I Duke. think he was on the inside. There he is. Yeah, look at that. I mean, I guess it's just Dupe's face is weird. And I love Dupe, so... Yeah, everything about him is weird, dude. He's an amorphous green blob yeah. with eyes. I was thinking of a cool AR execution. Remind me sometime in the future. All right. Blake, uh, remind me to remind him? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very cool. And then it ended on a very ominous note, so we'll see where do, that do, goes. Do. Over at Avengers Academy, ABX tie-in written by Christos Gage. Guest start by Timothy Green II, which is always exciting. Love Timothy Green II. We are in the second phase of Avengers vs. X-Men, which Ryan will talk more about in a second. Now we've got the Phoenix Five living large on Earth. And at Avengers Academy, it just so happens that one of the students, Justin, has a pet sentinel. Beginning of the issue has him and X-23 kind of dealing with some of the moral implications of the fact that, hey, he's got a pet sentinel. And I like the learning a little bit about it, the fact that he can't stop the sentinel from having a directive that includes destroy mutants, but he just gave it a bunch of other directives. So that's way, way, way far down at the bottom. But Emma Frost of the Phoenix Five shows up. She is destroying sentinels all over the world. She does not want this Sentinel to be around. As has become the case with Christos Gage in Avengers Academy, he does a great job of mixing action with also kind of a central debate of, is this right? Is this wrong? He did it with the Runaways. He did it with his first AVX tie-in. He does it again here as different characters fall on different sides of, can a Sentinel be harmless? Should it just be destroyed? Is it just a robot? Is it more than that? So it does a nice job of mixing the physical action stuff with the emotional wallop and, again, great art by Timothy Green. This is part one of two, so you're going to pick this up, and then you can enjoy the second part next month. 
over in Avengers vs. X-Men number 6. This is now Act 2 of the big giant event. And yeah, Ben just let out what a big sigh. What a way to start it off, man. Hot damn. This was a one... This was a gorgeous issue. This is so one of the most beautiful pretty. issues we will probably put out this year. And that's saying a lot yeah, because e- of how amazing all our artists it's are. It's extra sized. Extra sized. Yep. Pencils by Olivier Coipel with inks by Mark Morales and beautiful colors by Laura Martin with a script by Jonathan Hickman. And at the end of the last act, we saw that the Phoenix Five, Namor, Emma Frost, Cyclops, Magic, and Colossus. Jump ahead 10 days. Jump ahead 10 days, yeah. and now you get to see Utopia's completely oh, changed. It's so the gorgeous. The world is moving in a new direction with yep. the Phoenix Five, really taking the initiative to change things, to try and make the world a better place, yep. or so it would seem. And Captain America is chagrining the whole thing. He is not happy about well, it. Well, to be fair... The Avengers, their position's complicated. They're very afraid of the Phoenix Force. They don't think it can be controlled. They didn't think Hope can control it. They're unsure of when the X-Men can control it. But even Captain America says, you know, they're doing good stuff. And there are members within the Avengers, Beast and Black Panther specifically, who raise the question of, should we be stopping them? There's other members of the Avengers, Wolverine obviously specifically, who say, no, no one should have much power. We need to go take them down. So it's a complicated issue, and that's, you know, one of the things that's going to really power... Avengers X-Men moving forward. But yeah, Cap is a little dubious considering Cyclops keeps blasting him in the face with optic glass. <laughs> There's so many great moments, so many great scenes, spreads, everything about this. The Electric Legion. Yeah, you like them. I love them. There's this whole scene, and I, I don't know that that was... They were established I feel like before? I feel like, I feel like Zax is established, obviously. obviously. I don't think he had a team, but I feel like the name Electric Legion sounds familiar to me. So I think it's one of those Jonathan Hickman turns where he took something like, something and used it to mean something completely else. Or he just created a team of yeah. Zaxes, which but is also cool. It's amazing in the way that situation is, is, is established. Well, and flip, then Flip back a page. Just look, just look at Iron Fist's mask. Just the detail of, you know, Iron Fist has this golden mask. It's cloth or whatever it's made out of. But Olivia Coipel, he's just been in a battle. So he draws like every little crease, every little blemish, every little, you know, bit of dirt on it. And that's just what blows my mind. In addition to all the big Utopia stuff, it's little stuff like that. that yeah. Is, is the, knocking me out. With like everything. Issue. And, you know, he draws really expressive faces. Yep. Uh, just incredible stuff. Great interaction between Cyclops and Hope. You really get some insight into Cyclops' this issue. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. You know what? You finish your deal. No, we're yeah. It's, we, we're having we're a hard excited. time staying on track with this because the issue was so good. Yeah, it's And packed. there's so much to talk about. We're looking at right now a really great double-page spread where you see four members of the Phoenix Five in action really trying to change the world and establish a peaceful world. So it's really cool stuff. Uh, you get some of the backstory in Kunlun, which is good. If you've been reading yes. New Avengers, you can see how that's tying into everything. It's very cool how the Iron Fist stuff is going to play a big role. I think oh, yeah. he's kind of the last character people expected to be a major part of this, but it's big. Yeah. Finally, you get to see how Scarlet Witch is going to start to mm-hmm. play into this more and more. The Avengers get really awesome costume designs yep. for their like flight suits. Yeah, they're oh. little like... Siege. I almost cursed really intensely right there. Uh, sorry, because I was very excited. But yeah, there's a another big battle. You see the Avengers go against the Phoenix Five for the very first time, and you see just how kind of because you see Thor versus Cyclops, which in the past you'd yeah, be like, oh, a... Thor Cyclops, hammer done. Yeah. Now it's interesting. Yeah. It really, it's just a terrific issue all around. Yeah. It's probably my favorite of the series so far. I think so. Yeah, just so good. And I think some people ask the question. 
why does Cyclops wear the visor? Oh, he answered, yeah. Was it answered in this one, right? He yeah. answers the question, tying into that. We've had a lot of people on, like in my award-winning ABX special podcast, and on this podcast too, have asked, where's Professor X in all this? Professor X shows up in this issue, and it gives you a really good insight into where Cyclops' head is at now, and that leads to the revelation of the visor and some good character stuff there as well. Yes. So really, really strong issue of Avengers X-Men. Way to kick off the uh, second act, as it were. Completely on the other side of things, Avenging Spider-Man number eight is an epilogue to Ends of the Earth, co-written by Dan Slott and Ty Templeton, with art by Matthew Clark. It's a flashback tale, mostly, after Ends of the Earth. There was some particular focus on Silver Sable, so we get a flashback story of Spidey teaming up with Doctor Strange and Silver Sable to take on Doctor Doom in a quirky kind of different story. What I want to point out is this cover by my man Shane Davis, a friend of ours from Oh, hello, Shane. Yeah, Shane's been uh, off doing other stuff for a little while, and it's very cool to see his uh, his work brought to Marvel. So hopefully we'll be seeing more of him. We will future. be seeing more. We will? We, I think we saw a cover, right, for the September solicit? Yeah, I want to see him doing everything. I love Shane. He's a great guy. He's a talented artist. Very talented. And uh, very cool to see him kick off this issue. Finally, good to see him on the side of right. <laughs> also want to note that Casanova, Avarita from our Icon imprint came out this week, issue number four by Matt Fraction and Gabriel Ba. So please do check out that. And Daredevil number 14 out this week by Mark Wade with art by Chris Somney and colors by Javier Rodriguez. Again, you know, when we talk about great art and really beautiful books, you can't help but talk about Daredevil every time an issue comes out. We had a great Daredevil live chat blog uh, event. We'll get into that a little bit more Mm -hmm. later. But this issue has Matt Murdock in Latveria dealing with some nasty characters. And it's a great twist on villains taking on daredevil how do you fight a guy who doesn't need to see who has all these extra senses and can sort of he has a really intense way of knowing everything that's going on around him it's a great twist on that it's cool to see then daredevil deal with what's going on with him the consequences on that last page that last page was intense the last whole last sequences i mean basically daredevil's faced with a challenge we're not gonna give it away here but he's faced with a challenge that he's never I don't know if he's never dealt with I don't want to speak for, you know, 40 years of Daredevil history, but yeah. certainly it's unique to him. Mark Wade actually said during the chat yesterday, one of his big things with Daredevil is he always wants to come up with villains who are not just formidable in general. They're formidable specifically to Daredevil yeah. because they target specifically his strengths, his radar sense and stuff like that. And also, I got to talk to him about this issue specifically a couple of weeks back, and he said it's really cool to have Daredevil in Latveria because he's so used to being in New York City and he's a hero who kind of relies on his familiarity because he can't see, because he has to use his senses. The fact when he fights in New York, he's a lot more dangerous because he knows where everything is. He knows how to use the skylines. He's in Latveria with, you know, no buildings. He doesn't know the terrain. That makes things even more difficult for him than it would for, say, Captain America or someone like that. So very unique. Dark Avengers number 176, written by Jeff Parker, art by Kev Walker. We turn our attention back to the time-lost Thunderbolts, who have now made their way back literally to kind of the beginning of time. And they're coming apart at the edges. They are not getting along. There's a lot of infighting. They find another time traveler, which I loved because it calls back to a very specific story. Not that old, from a few years back. And... We start to learn some 
reasons why the Thunderbolts have become stuck in time, why they haven't been able to move back forward. And this story arc starts progressing back towards a culmination, but they end up in some hot water towards the end. So this issue was a lot of fun. So good. Dark Tower kicks off a new series this week. It's another original. Dark Tower, The Gunslinger, The Man in Black, co-written by Robin Firth and Peter David. And the real treat here is that Alex Malev is now on art. So some very, very pretty stuff from Alex Malev and Richard Eisenhoff. So be sure to check that out if you're a Dark Tower fan or if you want to jump in. It's be a good time to follow the art. Come on now, why don't you, hey? All right, so Hulk, number 54, written by Jeff Parker, art by Dale Eaglesham, with great colors by Jesus Abertov and Val Staples. Uh... We were talking about this before the podcast started, how freaking gorgeous this book is. Eagle Sham, who Ben and I have both expressed a lot of fondness for over many episodes of the podcast, is really doing the finest work of his career right now, I think, in just every single page. And the, his panel layouts are crazy. The things he's doing with the borders, again, just really, really fun stuff. And, you know, you say that, it might sound very silly, but that really affects the way... The story flows that really does a lot to enhance the comic and it's really powerful stuff here jeff parker's just having a lot of fun you've got red hulk and a-bomb and machine man fighting gods they're fighting mayan gods and i mean they're doing pretty well all things considered but it's a big brutal fight these gods are really well designed really scary really crazy really intense and then you find out how and why they're coming back and what is in store and can the uh, A-Bomb and Red Hulk take on what is coming up, which is an even bigger threat from the Mayans? Maybe. Maybe I also got a tease from Jeff Parker on Twitter this morning that in Hulk number 56, the god of bees is coming. What? That's right, the Mayan god of bees. And I immediately said, oh, cool, Swarm's going to be in the book? And he said, no, (laughs) I would not do that to Dale. Well, I was going to say, can he command Swarm? I don't know. I don't know what his powers are. Like, Swarm should be his His herald. Yeah, his his herald. His silver surfer. Yes. The god of bees is Galactus. To me, my bees. Yeah, to me, my Nazi bee conglomeration. Oh, right, he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi who's, uh, you know what, we can spend a whole .5 episode on Swarm someday. Okay, Invincible Iron Man number 519, part 4 of Long Way Down, Matt Fraction, Salvador La Roca. We deal with some of the fallout of recent issues of this book. This book continues to be like a soap opera, basically, where they're rotating between about five different scenes, five different groups of characters. We see Ezekiel Stain, son of Obadiah Stain. Obi. We see the uh, fallout of his... Rebellion Against the Mandarin. We see the former Detroit Steel dealing with the Hammer Girls. We see what's happened now that Spymaster has been taken down and the aftermath of his attack on Stark Resilient, specifically what it means between Tony Stark and Bethany Cabe. And we have more villains coming after Tony Stark, who seems to be up to something, but it's hard to tell. And we see the new Iron Man make his emergence on the scene. It's just great serialized storytelling, lots of stuff going on, lots of characters you care about. So... If you've been following the book up to this point, I would hope you would get this issue. If you haven't, you should really check Invincible Iron Man out from the start. When it's all said and done, it's going to be a really good read from start to finish, and this is another good chapter of that. Journey into Mystery, number 640 by Kieran Gillen, our good personal close friend. Drawn by Richard Elson. Colors by Ipsis Ifensa Noor. I'm sure I got that wrong. Start things Probably. off pretty, pretty sure. And I apologize because the colors are beautiful. We start things off, as always, with a fantastic recap page. And the real question here is, if you followed the letters column of Journey into Mystery, Journey into Stationary, which, which I you always should. do. You have to. It's fantastic. Kieran revealed last month 
definitively that John Denning, the assistant editor, did the recap pages. Now, John Denning has since left Marvel to go to medical school. Worthless. Like, like a chump. And it now has been taken over by Jake Thomas. So I wonder if Jake is now doing the recap pages. Because the recap pages have not missed a beat. This time we got King Arthur doing the recap page. <laughs> Hello. And lectured about how kids these days have no respect. That's great. But anyways, it's a very smart, clever issue, as we've come to expect from Journey the Mystery. Loki and Leia are involved in this war between Otherworld and these emerging new gods of England. They are, as they call themselves, urban gods. There's a lot of very British-y stuff in here, but I was still able to get a grasp of it. The gist is... Fish and chips. Yeah, Fish and chips. But even, even beyond that, but Loki goes to our guy, Damon Hellstrom, for help, and comes up with a good tactic to help King Arthur and his boys get a foothold and advantage in the war. Then he goes over to kind of ingratiate himself with the other side with the idea that he's going to turn on them but he basically hears the manifesto and the story behind the new urban gods and it's really interesting there's a very interesting character at the center of it all and kind of explains the conflict here what's going on with kind of the modern age and the traditional age it's one of those i don't know who's right i don't know who's wrong i actually was enjoying the first part of this issue i thought it was just gonna be a fun war fighting campaigns and battle stuff and then that rascally Gillen turned it on its head and made it a whole moral debate. So, a lot of fun, man. But this you made you think. Made you think about stuff. So, applause for that. And the letters page is fantastic. Again, I actually was on the train home from Boston the other day and I was reading out loud to my wife, who's met Kieran and finds him entertaining and wonderful. And people will compliment him and they'll say like, oh man, I was shocked at how amazing this was. And he's like, I understand you're complimenting me, but all I'm focusing on is that you were shocked that it was amazing. Why are you shocked? Why don't you think I'm capable of pulling this off? And then he talked about how he's going to go listen to Call Me Maybe on loop, because that's what he does when he's sad. I listen to Call Me Maybe with corgis barking in oh, yeah. place of the actual words, yeah. so... I now know what that song sounds like. That's the difference between you and a Brit. He also is just like, he makes reference to just watching Azealia Banks' gifts online. It's just like, I've seen him tweet about that. Yeah. He's a very funny individual. Karen Gillen is the world's most successful creator. Yeah. You know, it's funny. To be a good thing and a bad thing. This morning. and a curse. This morning I was going through Tumblr and someone had taken a panel from one of the exiled issues that. Carmine D. Carmine D.N.G. Gomenic. Carmine D. Gian Domenico. Drew. And it talked about Kid Loki, who was in the mindset where he thought he was just a regular kid. Mm-hmm. Talked about dressing up as Wolverine for Halloween, and his mom wouldn't let him use knives, so he used spoons. So then someone drew fan art of Kid Loki dressed as Wolverine with spoons on his fists and looking really sad and dejected. Aww. And it was on Kieran's Tumblr. Like he had reblogged that. I love that he sees the cool things that fans yeah. are doing, and the fans are doing these fun things taking off this stuff so yeah kid loki that's all i'm talking about at kieran gillen because he loves to hear from his fans and tell him uh this week in marvel sent you yes all right we have marvel universe avengers earth's mightiest heroes number three written by christopher yost with art by ramon box i think on both stories arts by ramon box it is and he's doing great work i really love his style here the first story has got captain america and nick fury taking on some members of the zodiac it's different zodiac than what you would have read in avengers assemble but it's more the classic zodiac that we know and the guys with like lion heads and bull heads and stuff yeah 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 and the zodiac blake grew up with yes those and then you have scorpio so lots of cool things that bring in a lot of the old school 
comic stories and refresh them for this Avengers vs. Mightiest Heroes audience. And then the second story is a great, really fun time travel story with Black Panther and Hawkeye and, you know, Kang and all kinds of fun stuff. It's really cool. If you guys like Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the cartoon, you have to read this book. It's written by Chris Yost, who is one of the head creatives on the cartoon series. You may not want the cartoon to go away, but the comic is here. Get as much of what you love right now. Just get it. Jump on it. Stop it. Just Jump take it. Jump on it. Yeah, like that. New Avengers number 27, an AVX tie-in. I love this issue. It's written by Brian Michael Bendis. Gorgeous art by Mike Diodato and colors by Rain Barreto. The art in this book looks on a whole nother level. We talked about how great Livia Quapel's art was in ABX. This is great in a whole different way. It's very painterly. It almost looks out of place in the comic book, but that's what makes it so perfect for a comic book. We have two stories in a way here. We have the conclusion of what we've been seeing the last few issues with what happened years and years ago in Kunlun, where Fongji the Iron Fist of that era assumed the mantle of the Phoenix. We got Leonardo da Vinci in the house, kind of guiding her to that, and we see what came of when an Iron Fist took on the Phoenix Force and assumed the power of the Phoenix Force. And then we learn that this whole time, it's been Iron Fist telling this story to Hope Summers, who is in Kunlun and is now ready to be trained to handle the power of the Phoenix. And she has some funny interactions with Iron Fist, some funny interactions with UT, who's the master of Kunlun. And then the back half of the issue, completely out of left field, completely kind of a curveball. It turns out the only person who can train Hope to assume the mantle of the Phoenix is, dun dun dun, Spider-Man. Which was just perfect because they, the characters portray it the same way I'd react, where you're in this kung fu city, it's this big cosmic struggle, and they go to like a little scrying pool, and Hope is funny because she's a typical teenager just like can't sit still for two seconds and they look at the scrying pool and master ut is basically like huh a spider must teach you and then spider-man shows up the next page he's like what <laughs> what am i doing here and then hope and spider-man just have an awesome conversation just there are a few pages but it really stuck with me where spider-man demonstrates why he is maybe the greatest hero in the marvel universe and why he is the guy who can teach hope how to handle this so it's a neat twist to what we've seen in Avengers X-Men so far. I'm looking forward to seeing this carry over into the main title, this relationship between Hope and Spider-Man, and hopefully between Hope and Iron Fist as well, because I love the bit with Iron Fist where she asks, so wait, am I going to be Iron Fist now? And Iron Fist is like, no, no, I'm Iron Fist. There can only be one. And the Master UT is like, maybe. And Iron Fist is like, maybe? What? What are you talking <laughs> it's, it's a funny issue, but it's got beautiful art, and it's also got some really just stand-up cheer yeah character moments got really sucked that last bit, bit at the end with spidey and hope <sighs> really that was so good that was really terrific that last page there yeah. i loved that the whole issue is good but everything when spider-man comes in on is just gold yeah just really really good stuff new mutants number 44 out this week written by dan abner and annie landing art by landro fernandez colored by val staples guru efx and chris sotomayor it's a cool issue with sort of a classic team up between the new mutants defenders then they fight but then they team up again and you know a lot of stuff going on but as with every time leandro fernandez draws an issue of new mutants it's super duper creepy and freaks me out on many levels because he's just so good at drawing like those really dark moments and those really just those creepy things and it's setting up some nasty stuff and you get more 
More from Karma again. She is uh, She's problems all over the Marvel yeah. universe this week. She's being put through the ringer nowadays. Yeah, but setting up some cool stuff. There's a great storyline coming up that uh, if you've seen the covers, you know there's some you got interesting. Fear things. the future, then you got fight the future. Yeah, that fear too. the future. Fight the future. I feel like man, '80s like that's your your rap man. album is yeah. just coming together so swimmingly. Yeah, like lay down some beats. No, not right now. I mean, in the future. Right. <laughs> is it the first thing you said all podcast? Earlier, you earlier you said y'all are talking fast. Yeah. <laughs> He's really on a roll today. <laughs> Punisher number twelve. This is written by Greg Rucka with art by Marco Chichetto and colors by Matt Hollingsworth or Chichetto. Yeah, I believe it's Chiquetto. Anyway, you've got more of the Punisher and Cole Alves dynamic here. Some brutal stuff. As you, Nora Walters stuff, too. Yeah, the Nora, Nora Wal- Winters. Nora Winter Nora stuff Winter. was, was cool. It was yeah. an interesting tweet. You don't see some of this stuff all the time. And I was like, whoa, no, you don't. hello, what's going on there? Punisher, not for kids. No. I like Nora Winters, and Spider-Man has such a big cast that we don't see them all all the time. I like that she's in Punisher, and I like that we get to see her occasionally. A little Phil Urich cameo, too. Yeah. Being a jerk. Uh, well, you know. As he will be. That's his thing. But it really comes down to Frank Castle and Sergeant Cole Alves getting down to what they're doing, right. why they're doing it, and they where they go from here. They have it out physically and verbally and... Emotionally. Pun- yeah, emotionally. Very hard-hitting issue. And Punisher kind of lays down a lot of, like, if you're going to be in this, this is how you're in this. If you want to get out, do this. I know a lot of people are marked on it, but... This is what, issue number 11? 12. Issue number 12? Yeah. And Punisher got, you know, kind of messed up, like, what, like six issues ago? And I like that he still got the bandages on. Yeah. It really gives you a sense of, okay, this book is moving at a real pace, you know? His eye injury is not healing in between issues. I don't know, just add something to it. Little Mm -hmm. touches like that are what make this book cool to me. Yeah, and I love, you can tell that Frank has a bit of a soft spot for her. Mm -hmm. He's giving her these extra chances, and the way he, like, addresses her, he's sort of pulling her under his wing, but at the same time, it's tough love. She's got to get ready and move on with the Frank Castle ain't got no tolerance for wasting his doesn't cotton to fools. He doesn't cotton to fools. See, we are starting to talk like you'd like. He said that last week, too. What? Cotton. Well, that's just one of his things. Secret cotton. Avengers number 28 is the conclusion to the multi-part ABX tie-in in Secret Avengers, written by Rick Remender, art by Renato Guedes, which we've been praising. His whole art continues great here. Colors by Matthew Wilson, along with Jeremy Muller in this issue. It's the wind-down to everything going on on Hala. The Kree homeworld. Hello. The Secret Avengers go up against the Minister Marvel, who is a relative of Captain Marvel, who's been mind-controlling his people. And that's kind of the prelude. We learn a little bit about him, but basically the Phoenix Force is coming for the Kree homeworld now. Captain Britain steps up, tying back to the beginning of this arc, where Beast was kind of giving him a hard time for not stepping up. He steps up, but then Captain Marvel, who was resurrected at the beginning of this arc, steps up huge. And I wasn't really around for when Captain Marvel was big, because, you know, we were kids, he was dead already. But I do remember reading the graphic novel, The Death of Captain Marvel, and being like, wow, this guy is so huge. He's got a great legacy, he's a great hero, and it's kind of cool to see him in action in this issue and get a taste of, all right, this is why this guy has the standing he has, not just among fans, but within the Marvel Universe, he's viewed as such a great hero. And there's also some setup for what's to come with the new Captain Marvel series as Miss Marvel, Carol Danvers, goes binary in this issue, as you can see from the cover. She accesses her old powers, 
she makes a big stand and based on what happens with Captain Marvel, her old friend, her mentor, her sometime lover, she starts to reevaluate where she's at. So some big things coming out of this issue. All right. Over in Uncanny X-Men number 14. We oh, have an, I love this issue so hard. We have an AVX tie-in. I started reading this, and I was like, oh, man, this looks like S.H.I.E.L.D. What? What? And I flipped, and I was like, oh, art by Dustin Weaver, That's who is ticket. freaking awesome. He's yep. so good. Written by Karen Gillan, with colors by Jim Charlampetus. Also, gotta say, amazing cover by Stuart Immonen. I didn't know that was him until yeah. I looked at the inside. Until I looked really at the good. cover. It was like he really did a very specific style for this cover, and it worked out great, but... This is a Sinister specific issue. It's yeah. all about Sinister and the new status quo that Kieran Gillen established early on in the Uncanny X-Men series that we're currently in. He's got this crazy society that's all Sinister. Yeah. And something I, mean, I to find out how it works, which yeah. is neat, the mechanics. Something I hadn't noticed is there are no female Sinisters right. in here, and I didn't realize that until I started going through it. I was like, whoa, it was one of those moments where it was like you just step back and the yeah. camera goes, Woo! You know, like that. And so I was reading that. It was really crazy. Lots of fun stuff in here. It's all about the society and how it's functioning. And even within the society, there's a rebellion going on. Right. And what does that mean? How uh, much control does Sinister have over everything? As he explains, you know, kind of why he's created this, what his plans are. The last few pages are... Holy crap. Yeah. What is he up to here? This is one of those times where I was like, I really can't wait for the next issue because I want to see what's going to happen with him when he knows the X-Men are coming to Colin now that they're the Phoenix Five and he's ready for it and I can't wait to see that. Yeah. And also there's a shot at Gambit in the, there. So I know that was that. the shining point in yeah. this issue, which is a, a great issue all, all around, but he's got these weird Gambit clones and there's a little jab at Gambit in here and that warmed my cold, icy heart yeah. a little bit more. And then it brings back another character sort of that's going to shake things up quite a bit, I'm sure. Yeah. Really great stuff. Definitely one of, one of my favorites this week. Yeah, I love that issue. Venom, Savage Six Part 2 and issue number 19, written by Rick Remender and Colin Bunn. Art by Lan Medina with Nelson DeCastro and Chris Sotomayor. We've got Flash Thompson has now revealed his identity of Venom to Betty Brant. You would think that would make things easier. You would be wrong. He is scrambling to save his loved ones from the Savage Six, from Crime Master, from Jack-O-Lantern, who's, oh man, Jack-O-Lantern gets up to some bad stuff in this issue. Megatac is awesome. Toxin is awesome. It's basically just fight after fight after fight. Flash Thompson is in way over his head. Every crisis he deals with, he's got to step to a next crisis. It's all very personal. It's all very intense. And these guys are not letting him have it. Flash Thompson's a cool character. Flawed as all get out. And he's just in an impossible situation. And watching him try to get out of it is hard because you care about him. But it's very entertaining as well. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does hopefully get out of it so winter soldier we've got part one of the broken arrow arc where the remaining sleeper who winter soldier was unable to track down in the first arc he's out there he's killed allies of winter soldier he's killed important people he's killed innocents so in this issue by ed brubaker and michael lark winter soldier and black widow are on his tail and they're trying to track him down with the help of jasper sitwell they find a high-speed car chase, basically. Most of, most of this issue is a high-speed car chase with Black Widow and Winter Soldier on the motorcycle trying to take down a van that this sleeper has taken. And it's crazy action. We get some background on Black Widow's time in the Red Room. Get some background on Winter Soldier. And by the end of the issue, there's a twist so that 
the next issue is going to be very, very different. I'm still digging Winter Soldier. I know you like it as well, Ryan. Yep. All right, we got Wolverine number 308 by Cullen Bunn with art by Paul Pelletier. Blake is just giggling and spinning around in his chair for some reason, trying just, to disrupt just, the entire podcast. Just embarrassing. As he is wont to do. Yeah. So we've got this issue, number 308. It's the final part of this arc, which has Wolverine again facing Dr. Rot yeah. and really changes it up again. Wolverine regains the control that he had lost, and there's lots of death. It's just gross. This is Wolverine Best There Is part D. Yeah. But... Oh, man. It's just such a disturbing book. And there's a really sad twist at the end. Oh. And it's actually... There's so many sad twists. Strangely enough, the ending sad twist is something I heard Jason Aaron talk about years ago, potentially doing. So I guess this is something he kind of like handed over to Colin Bunks. I know Colin said he was going to tie up some yeah. of Jason's storylines. And I was kind of waiting for this to happen during Jason's run, and it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, well, I guess they decided against that to see it here kind of shot yeah but I, I Cullen think, pulled it off beautifully and i think it's cool in a way that they did it because that was part of wolverine for so long right and it's going to change him going forward yeah and so it's you know you have him one way then he changed and you had you know wolverine established a certain way and trying to figure out his life with all these changes and now going back it's not even going back it's moving it in a new direction again poor wolverine there's a bunch of panels in this book where he just looks so sad yeah. and Pelletier. You know, to his credit, does great job with emotion, with facial expressions. Yeah. This one right here. Yeah. Sad, sad Wolverine. He's just so bummed. And he's gone through so much. The yeah. dude has had a really tough go of it, just like Blake. Blake, Blake knows what we're talking about. Yeah. This is another one where I was on that same train trip back. I was reading this, and some of the earlier pages are so graphic and so kind of scary that, again, my wife just kind of said, hey, can you just kind of hold that? an angle so i can't see it while i'm trying to you know relax here nice <laughs> which is the highest compliment yes. to paul pelletier yeah finally we finish up with x factor number 238 under a beautiful david yardine cover i don't think anyone talks enough about david yardine and how great his covers are i honestly feel like sometimes i think there is a stable of amazing cover artists working on x factor it's hard to remember they're all the same guy who just has a lot of range this issue is written by peter david of course and it is drawn by Paul Davidson. And with X-Factor, because it's such a big cast, it's important every issue, but every few issues to definitely kind of check in with everybody. Everyone has some conversations. We've got the beginning of a mystery where Banshee has been accused of murders that seem to fit her MO, that uh, seems to fit her power set. So her and Havoc are off to investigate that. Banshee starts talking to Havoc about some of his issues with Polaris. Madrox is also dealing with Havoc about their leadership issues. Madrox is dealing with Layla about their relationship. Madrox and Strong Guy have a conversation about souls. Wolfsbane wants to go and find her kid, so she brings along Richter, and then Shatterstar gets involved. So you get the idea that there's a lot going on in this book, but it's all fun. It's all entertaining. You're going to care about these characters, and X Factor is the type of book where pick it up every month. You don't want to miss an issue of this one. Yeah, it's really, it's one of those unsung heroes of our line. It's mm -hmm. so, so good. Month in, month out. I wish everybody read X-Factor. Yeah. It's really good. Absolutely. Time Love. to pick some twins. You know, I almost feel bad because on any other week, Daredevil, New Avengers, and Uncanny X-Men would all be strong candidates. They're all really, really good. But Avengers vs. X-Men number six was just so head and shoulders amazing 
but I gotta give my sole twin to that. Honorable mention to the others, but twin of the week goes to Avengers versus X Men in a strong, strong week. I have to agree with you. I think for me, Uncanny and Daredevil fall right below that, but yep. Avengers versus X Men six is the book. Yeah. Punisher as well, actually. I Punisher's great. There. I thought Punisher yeah. was a really fun issue this week. Not yeah. fun. Why am I saying fun about Punisher? What's wrong with yeah. me? Hey, good Although times. I am going to write a book called Punisher. Yeah. Uh, that Think is about now that. owned by Marvel. Yep, that's fine. Yep. We're going to make so much money together. That's Rock going into roll. what the next month? Done. The Punisher. I'm just going to get Alex to customize a Punisher figure with like a Put balloons on, yeah. his, on his chest. <laughs> oh, God. All this right. is the beginnings, guys. Like, take, you heard it here first. Like, take notes. No, you know what? Don't take notes. No, you're not involved you're, in what the. It's not your purview. Ruins. Talk about what your twin of the week is. All right. First off, Ben was not lying about that X Factor cover. It's good. <laughs> Secondly, thank you for that. I appreciate um, you saying I'm not I, actually lying for once. I agree with you guys about AVX, but for a different reason. Because I had dinner with Olivier Coypel one time, and he was a delight. Yes. As always, Blake's <laughs> picks come down to who he knows. Uh, no, I don't know him. We just had dinner next I know, but it's always like, you're like, I think Ryan Stegman's a nice guy. Scarlet Spider's my pick of the week. It's never about the content. It's always about the creators. Did you get a picture with you and Olivier for your Facebook album? No. What did you do? Why would you not take get that photo? Why were you at dinner with him? We just enjoyed a nice dinner. But why Why were you having dinner? What was the circumstances? Later. Where were you? Atlanta. Atlanta was a Dragon comic Con. Con? Dragon yes. Con? Who else was there? Was it just the two of you? Like no, there were a lot there? of people. It was a festive evening. That's enough about that. All right, interns, Rachel, uh, what are you looking forward to most this week? I'm always looking forward to Journey into Mystery. Yeah. Get it every time I can. I forgot Journey um, into Mystery. You know, love the current plot with the Manchester Gods, love the whole setup with that, always love some psychological stuff, just all that jazz. All I'm that also, jazz. Oh, yeah. Also looking forward to AVX number six, though. That sounds really awesome. Very good. You guys made AVX number six sound really awesome. And looking at the book, the pages are just really beautiful. And I also am interested in checking out New Avengers because I just think Spider-Man's funny. So <laughs> whenever he's there, he always makes everything better. Yeah. Spider-Man makes everything better. I like Spider-Man that. does make everything better. All right. Collections on sale in print this week, thanks to our friend Max Beckman. When we uh, opened up your pack last week of trades for this week, we were like, holy expletive deleted by Blake. There are a lot of good trades out this week, so I'm going to run through them. We had Alpha Flight by Greg Pak and Fred Van Lente collecting that whole series. Amazing Spider-Man movie prelude, which just ended last week, is already out in trade paperback. Service as you like it. Fear Itself, the Fearless premiere hardcover. Incredible Hulk by Jason Aaron, Volume 1 hardcover. Invincible Iron Man, Volume 9, Demon, Premier hardcover. Silver Surfer, Rebirth of Thanos, back in trade paperback. Pop, pop. Spider-Man, Trouble on the Horizon, Premier hardcover. The 12, Volume 2, Premier hardcover. Wolverine, back in Japan, hardcover. X-Men, The Man Who Fell to Earth, trade paperback. And X-Men, X-Club, trade paperback. There's some good ones. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because any other week, X-Men X-Club would be my Twim of the Week mm-hmm. solely. Mm-hmm. But you also have Silver Surfer Rebirth of Thanos this week, and that is that is so good. That is the bee's knees. That's the tasty juice, as you will. Oh, God. So oh, the God. two of those together for me would be my twin with X-Man, the, the man who fell to Earth very close after that i am waiting to read silver surfer rebirth of thanos and x-man the man who fell to earth so i am hopefully going to join you soon in my love for those but yeah x club was fantastic i also think spider-man trouble on the horizon and then everything that came out this week was good get it all bankrupt yourself do it any highlights for you blake i'm kind of interested in reading this jason aaron incredible hulk yeah 
Check you mean out. the issues that we've been talking about for the past six months? What's been going on? <laughs> All right. Interns. I like the Amazing Spider-Man movie prelude. I read the ones when they came out singly, and I thought it was good. I like seeing the movies turn into yeah. the comic books. Yeah. Different opinion there. I like it. Dissenting opinion. It's important. Although, Blake, you should agree with us. Um, Rachel? Still looking forward to Amazing Spider-Man. Same with Kristen. Really excited for that movie. Want to check out more of the connections for it. Also interested in The Incredible Hulk. Sounds interesting. And want to read up more and hope more. Very cool. Okay, let's talk about what is new on the Marvel Comics app this week. First of all, all the print comics we mentioned earlier are available, with usual exceptions. No Dark Tower, no Mature Readers, no Creator Own, stuff like that. But everything else you can get on the Marvel Comics app now. You can also pick up issues 75 through 77 of the original Amazing Spider-Man series, as well as issue 544. You can get Incredible Hulks, issues number 618 through 622, all four issues of Punisher Noir, the first two issues of the 1988 Silver Surfer series, the Silver Surfer Enslavers one-shot, issues 138, 139, 140, and 143 of Uncanny X-Men. Then we wrap things up with a whole bunch of War of Kings, as you can get all four issues of War of Kings Ascension, both issues of War of Kings Darkhawk, War of Kings, Savage World of Sakaar, the one-shot, and also, near and dear to my heart, the two issues of War of Kings Warriors, which I actually edited. The only comics I've ever edited, only ones that will probably ever let me edit. Additionally, we have some new collections on the Marvel Comics app. Amazing Spider-Man the Movie Prelude, which just came out, so that's pretty cool. It's already up on the app. Incredible Hulk by Jason Aaron, Volume 1. Deadpool, Volume 4, Monkey Business. Silver Surfer Parable, absolute classic, drawn by Mobius, gotta check that out. Spider-Man 24-7, Spider-Man American Sun, Uncanny X-Men The Extremists, and Venom by Rick Remender, Volume 1. You can also access plenty of new digital comics this week on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. We're going old school a little bit, we've been kind of filling in stuff from the late 60s, from the 70s. Ryan, why don't you share what we've added this sure, week? Yeah, sure, great sure, sure. So we've got... Amazing Spider-Man, the original series, issues 123 through 127. Avengers, issues 112, 113, 114, 115, and 119. Thor, issues 193 through 197. X-Men, issues 162 through 166. And Incredible Hulk, issues 127 through 131. That covers all the comics available around digital and print this week. We're going to kick it over to Stromy for all kinds of new stuff in video games, toys, movies, TV, West Coast weather reports. Apparently he gives every week. Hello there. This week in Marvel listeners. This week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, a.k.a. Stromy, coming to you, as always, from Los Angeles. I am recording this on a Wednesday night, sort of on the fly, as I am leaving for my mother's birthday in New York on the Red Eye tonight. So, just uh, getting through all this quickly, and, of course... To begin with, a happy birthday to my mother. Well, happy birthday on June 22nd. I will not tell you how old she is because she'd probably not enjoy me telling all the This Week in Marvel listeners her age. However, she's a lovely mother. I love her very much, and happy birthday, Mom. So, this week, 
on air. We've got new episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man and Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes airing inside Marvel Universe on Disney XD beginning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Kicking off with Ultimate Spider-Man, an episode entitled Venomous, which features the return of, you guessed it, Venom. And this time, Spider-Man and his entire team, Iron Fist, White Tiger, Power Man, and Nova, all face up against Venom. And considering Spider-Man has a very good idea of who is underneath the symbiote, he is a little more reluctant to bash on Venom as much as his friends are, so it causes a little bit of friction there. Following that, we have a new episode of The Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes entitled Nightmare in Red, which brings the Red Hulk into the universe of the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And as you will expect, this episode involves lots of Hulk on Hulk punching, green versus red, who's strongest there is. Only one of them can be left standing. You'll have to tune in to find out who. In other TV news for this upcoming week, we have a new episode of Iron Man Armored Adventures airing next Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Nicktoons. And speaking of the Hulk, this episode is entitled Rage of the Hulk. And it guest stars, yes, you guessed it, the Hulk, the green one this time, not the, you know, red one. But guest stars the Hulk, Iron Man goes up against the Hulk, Iron Man may have to break out the Hulk buster in order to lay the smack down on the Hulk. If you're a fan of the old 90s Hulk buster armor, you know which one I'm talking about. Yes, the epic one. You will definitely want to see this episode, so tune in next Wednesday night, June 27th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Nicktoons. Moving from the realm of TV to games, we had the newest pack of Marvel Pinball Tables, Marvel Pinball Avengers Chronicles, hit this week. It's available for download on PlayStation Network for Marvel Pinball and on Xbox Live Arcade for Pinball FX2. This is possibly my favorite so far of the pinball tables. It's got some really, really, really great tables. It's got, of course, the Infinity Gauntlet, the Marvel's The Avengers table, the World War Hulk table, and there is a fourth one that I am completely blanking on at the moment. Fear Itself. I'm sorry, the fourth table is Fear Itself. All four of them look and play amazing. Though I actually don't think I've had a chance to play the Marvel's The Avengers table yet, which is a shame, which I will rectify immediately. However, they're all incredible, they're a ton of fun, and they really take the idea of the pinball table as video game to another level. We also spoke with Mel Kirk from Zen Pinball, who is the studio that develops the Marvel Pinball Tables, Ryan, myself, the Marvel Games Interactive Manager, Chris Baker. We all sat down with Mel at E3 a couple weeks ago and we released it as this week's This Week in Marvel mini podcast. It's episode number 33.5. You can head on over to marvel.com and download it still and check out to learn some more about what goes into making these pinball tables, these awesome, awesome pinball tables, as well as a little bit 
of talk of what's in store for Marvel Pinball. And we still have the Marvel Superhero Takeover going on in the world of Disney Club Penguin. We've been showing off some new suits that you can wear, including suits of Black Widow and Hawkeye, and I believe we're showing off Captain America very soon, Loki. They're very cool. They're very, very cute. If you have kids, definitely turn them on to this. It's very... It's very cute. You can suit up your little penguin, and you suit up as your favorite superhero or, you know, villain. You can also suit up as Loki or Venom or the Lizard. So check that out. More details on Marvel.com, as always. With that, I'll toss you back to Ryan and Ben. Toss you gently so as not to cause any damage in the tossing process. Imagine I am picking you up in my hands and Ryan and Ben are just over there. You can't see where I'm pointing, but that they're at the end of the room. And I just gently just toss you. And with that, I will return shortly. Thank you, Strami. As for the weather over here in New York, it is a little cool today. Yes, but it's seasonably cool. It's supposed to get really disgusting the next couple days to the point where I'm probably going to want to stab myself in the face because I'm so angry at it's the cool, weather. It's cool, because you're going to New Mexico, where it's going to be even warmer. Yeah, but it'll, it'll be hotter, but it won't be as humid, humid. I hope. All Fingers right. crossed. So that desert should hopefully do something, and I won't be as angry. Anyway, let's jump right into the news this week. Ben, start us off. As Ryan mentioned, we had a Daredevil Live blog on Monday. It included writer Mark Wade, outgoing artist Paulo Rivera, who is finishing up his run on interiors for Daredevil, moving on to some other stuff. Incoming and current interior artist Chris Somney, who's going to be the regular artist on Daredevil moving forward. And also the legendary Mike Allred joined us. He's going to be in a very special issue of Daredevil coming up. They talked about lots of interesting stuff from developing the series to getting the visuals for the radar art. Mike Allred spoke a lot about how much he loved the book, why he wanted to come on, his love for Daredevil. I would recommend replaying this one heavily. I mean, all our live blogs are a lot of fun, but this one really stood out. I love listening to Mark Wade just talk about comics and then having those other guys there it's just like gravy it was a very very strong one also last week i spoke to new scarlet spider artist koi fam about coming on the book about his process about taking over for ryan stegman and kind of defining the world of scarlet spider and we got to show some of his art from pencils to colors so that's a cool thing for you art junkies we got a video from our friends at wwe of wwe champion cm punk meeting stan lee and chris hemsworth that was a very fun video. It's pretty cool. Yeah. He was very excited. You could tell he was genuinely super happy to meet Stan Lee. Uh, we wrapped up Hulk Week last week with some great interviews with Jeff Parker, with Dale Eaglesham, with Fred Van Lente, with editor Mark Paniccia, and lots of preview art. And also, we had an interview from our own Blake Garris talking to uh, Patton Oswald in The Marble Life. Blake, can you want to fill us in on that a little? He's a huge Daredevil fan, and he loves... Pretty much everything. Dynamite teaser, Blake. Yeah. Over to you, Ryan. Real good. We posted photos of Michael K. Williams. He may be better known as Omar on the hit television drama The Wire. Or as Harlem Bystander in The Incredible, Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk or Chalky White in the HBO drama Boardwalk Empire. Mm-hmm. But he was super, super awesome. Really nice. We had a lot of fun taking him around Marvel office. He loves Spider-Man. He loves comics. He's a big fan. We got him actually to talk about Spider-Man on a, a video for AR execution that we're going to do in the future. And we did a podcast with him. So when we figure out the right timing for that, we'll post that into the feed. 
Blake sort of geeked the hell out That's a true. couple times, yeah. uh, which you will hear on the podcast unless Blake edits it out. I'm looking forward to that. Yep, it'll be great. I think Kristen should edit that one. I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you can see the photos at marvel.com slash agent underscore M. And that's my blog on the site, and that has all the photos from his tour. Blake, why don't you talk about this other thing? All right, so there were these Hasbro Marvel Legends figures, right? You've seen them, people, or you haven't, and then you can look and see. Anyways, there were Blade and Punisher figures that you've seen, like I just said, but we released exclusive pictures of another figure, Danny Moonstar. To quote Ryan's favorite wrestler, the one-man Southern rock band Heath Slater from Monday Night Raw Why this week. Why are you week, doing this to me? We might as well be on the LIRR right now because that was a train wreck. How? People get this. The two of you have to stop talking. Um, all right, gonna... If we had a dollar for every time during the day, Ryan says the two of you have to stop talking, <laughs> we could go and get lunch like every day next yeah. week. Uh, all right, so let's kick it over to Stromy for more news. Welcome back this week in Marvel listeners. This is once again Marvel.com assistant editor Mark Strom, the person you have all been waiting to hear from this entire podcast. Well, you heard from me already, but you really want to hear from me a second time, so I'm returning. As far as news in the realm of movies and TV and games, it's a lot of Spider-Man this week. Of course, we've got The Amazing Spider-Man coming out in just under two weeks on July 3rd, which actually is a Tuesday. So in just under two weeks, you'll be able to see Spidey's newest movie. So we, of course, have just lots of news on that. We've been showing up some new photos and some new clips. We had a clip of Spidey being chased down by the NYPD. Tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day the podcast comes out, Thursday, tomorrow on Friday, we will have another new clip featuring Pierre Parker versus Flash Thompson, a very humorous display of gymnasium tomfoolery. Aside from that, we gave you some more details on Spider-Man Week in New York City, which kicks off on Monday. Head to marvel.com and you can check out more details on that. And this is basically a bunch of Spider-Man related events. They're going around in the city at, you know, historic places like the Museum of Natural History. All over the place, you can check out more details marvel.com. In the world of Spider-Man video games, we, of course, gave you a look at Stan Lee, who is a playable character in The Amazing Spider-Man, but only if you pre-order the game for PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 on Amazon.com. So get your pre-order in, because you're definitely going to want to swing around town as Stan Lee. I've seen a little bit of the gameplay. I've seen the trailers. We showed off the new trailer this week. It's going to be a ton of fun. I don't think you've ever been able to play as Stanley in a video game before, and I think that's a shame, and hopefully we will be seeing more of this. Stanley, of course, voices himself. He's got some great lines in there. I think you, the fans, will really, really dig it. And the Amazing Spider-Man game, of course, comes out on PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, Nintendo Wii, Nintendo DS, and Nintendo 3DS on June 26th, which is next Tuesday. We have another Amazing Spider-Man game coming up, though. This is the Amazing Spider-Man mobile game coming out for Android and iOS devices on June 28th, which is next Thursday. 
in this, you get to play as Spider-Man again. It's an open-world, free-roaming game, and it looks like a ton of fun again. We've got a couple new trailers up on Marvel.com that you can check out that show some of the gameplay. And, yeah, just stay tuned. We're going to have some more video to show you, hopefully in the next few days and next week, from the game. And, of course, it will be available for download for your Android and iOS devices on next Thursday, June 28th. So with that, I bid you adieu. I am on my way to the airport right now to say happy birthday to Mama's Drama. And I will return to you next week. Thank you for listening once again this week in Marvel Lights. All right. Thank you, Strami. Now it's time for this week in Marvel questions and comments. Once again, if you want to comment or send in a question for us to answer on the podcast, whether it's about the podcast or Marvel in general, use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel on Twitter. You can also address them to at Agent underscore M, at Ben J. Morse, at Strami, or at Blake Garris. And we'll check them, and uh, as long as you use the hashtag This Week in Marvel, we'll talk about them on the podcast. First one is from at Big Fun Comics. It says, what's up with Avengers and Secret Avengers? Two different stories at the same time, place, characters. Yeah, we actually, I think we addressed this in the ABX podcast, but if for some godforsaken reason you're not listening to that, I'll address it again here. As it says in every issue of Avengers and Secret Avengers, it actually says when it takes place. Secret Avengers is first, Avengers takes place after that. Simple as that. Now, both stories are done, so you can read them sequentially. They shipped a little out of order, couldn't be avoided, but the Secret Avengers story where they're subduing the Phoenix and then have the adventure with Captain Marvel is first. And then the protector-centric story in Avengers takes place after that. Okay. At Brad the YM tweets to Ben and I, Thanks for the info on lobbying for Ghost Rider. While I do this, I will ask for the Wi-Fi in your studio. Yeah, cool. Prioritize getting us Wi-Fi, and then we'll look into getting Ghost Rider back, because I think he'll come back on his own. Yeah. Wi-Fi is certainly not coming on we its own. We have Wi-Fi. It's just weak it's in this room. Weak. Yeah, get us, like, a tower in the room. Yeah. An antenna. Why don't you just come and stand in this room with a Wi-Fi device? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Another one from at Brad the YM. I want to put out the Share Your Digital Comic with a Friend Challenge to This Week in Marvel listeners. Anyone? So I've been posting randomly here and there on usually my Instagram, but also on Twitter, just codes from the back of some of my comics, the digital codes that I want more people to enjoy some digital comics. So it's a free code. If you follow and you're lucky, you'll be able to redeem that code. But others, if you want to do them, if you want to you know, share your codes, just put them into the This Week in Marvel hashtag feed on Twitter and let someone else take it. All you got to do is take the code, go to marvel.com slash redeem, log in with your username. It's all very self-explanatory from there. Another one from at Brad the YM. Any old comics on the Marvel app that have the extra info on the page like in Defenders? So talking about, you know, the 70s and 80s comics that had the little bits at the bottom, like Defenders does it differently than it was in the 80s, really, like... Back in the day, it was more like teases about books and like, oh, turn the next page for whatever. This one's done kind of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, the new Defenders is sort of like tongue-in-cheek slash just extra weird. So you're not going to get the same experience. No, it was a certain era that it was done during. It was a period of so many years. I don't remember when, from the 70s. If you open any old comic, it's basically what you'll see is what they do in Defenders where they do the advertisements for other comics. You'll see a lot of those. Like, they'll be like, check out Captain America this month because the Red Skull's back. Yeah. Or something like that. Exactly. At Brohara tweets, I see advertised in an AVX tie-in, a Land of Frost ad, that there actually is an Avengers game for iOS. How soon? Any info? 
don't know what that game is for iOS, to be honest. Nor I, Ryan, um, nor I. There are various Avengers things. There's the Disney Storybook app, which also has some game elements in it. Maybe it's that. There's some stuff that could be coming down the pipeline, but nothing that I have info that I can share with you guys now. At RagDefender2, Carlo M. says, Hey guys, got my nine-year-old girl into comics, and she has a question that stumped me. What happens if Rogue fights Hope? First of all, very cool you got your girl into comics. Hope she's enjoying it. And That's a great question. It's a really too. good question. There's a lot of elements coming to play here. I mean, of course, I would assume the reason they pit him against each other is because Hope kind of mimics powers. Rogue borrows powers. So they Steals. Do yeah. Well, she did in the old days. Now she borrows them. She's nicer now. Uh, you got a lot of elements going on there. You got the fact that Rogue has more experience, but at the same time, Hope probably has stronger training. But at the same time, Rogue was trained by Mystique, so she'll fight a little dirtier. But then Hope was trained by Cable, so she knows all the tricks. Rogue might hold back a little bit because Hope is younger and she sees her that way. I would say that while Hope is a great combatant and she's got all the training with you know weapons, with hand-to-hand, with all that stuff, I think she's still getting used to her powers because that's a fairly recent development. She didn't get her powers until Second Coming. So I would actually give the edge to Rogue here. I would say Rogue knows how to juggle multiple powers better at this time. And it can, can only do one power at a time, right? Maybe. But the, the other that. thing is they're essentially coming into the fight without extra powers, right? Sure. Like, you know, maybe Rogue has some stuff left over from her Ms. Marvel stuff or yeah. whatever. But Hope wouldn't really mimic anything from Rogue. Right. She wouldn't have anything to mimic other than the ability to steal powers. But Rogue would be able to touch Hope, and Rogue's powers also work in weakening the person that she touches. So if she gets her hands on Hope, she's probably going to yeah. you know, really take her down pretty quickly. Yeah, and if Hope tries to absorb Rogue's power, she also might get the multiple psyches, which, as we know, drive Rogue crazy. And used to, she used to do that horrible scream on X-Men, the animated series. It was brutal. Just like a high-pitched wailing. But yeah, I, I would go with Rogue for now. Check back in a few years. Max Beckman, our buddy at Cheap GN, is clarifying what he said last week about the Avengers X-Men hardcover that was just solicited. It will collect AVX 1 through 12, AVX Versus 1 through 6, AVX Infinite 1, 6, and 9, and material from point 1. Wow, that's going to be an awesome collection. That's a big old thick one. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good one. All right, thank you very much, uh, Max. From at Immortal Thor ninety nine, how come Iron Man Armored Adventures isn't available on iTunes? I don't know. Yeah, That's I got a question nothing. for Stromy. Stromy may know, but also, I mean, that with Nicktoons, maybe they have certain rights and they stop it from being on iTunes or whatnot. I wish I had more info for you there. Yeah, the show's really cool. I haven't been able to catch up this season. Our DVR was on the fritz. Not in existence for a while. Oh, uh, that, but that would be on the fritz. Yeah. Hopefully I'll be able to catch up with Armored Adventures. Maybe, you know, after the season that'll come to Netflix as well, if you have Netflix. I think Armored Adventures is on Netflix. The first season is, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Definitely. At DJ Bochicchio. KKO. Remember, he had a whole thing about it. I forget. Next omnibus purchase, Evolutionary War or Atlantis Attacks. Any thoughts? Blake. Evolutionary War? Or both. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's so excited. Blake just dropped all his papers All all over the ground. I haven't read all of either. I am more curious about Atlantis Attacks, to be honest. Oh, you know what? I find High Evolutionary fascinating. So He's a little long-winded for me. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> for your tastes? I'm going to go with Blake. Get both. Good answer, Blake. Uh, You've done good. If the Atlantis Attacks has the what-if issue Ooh. with the Atlantis Attacks what-if, get that one. Because that's a good one. There's an Evolutionary War what-if, too, though. 
Is there? I haven't read it, but I know. I it don't exists. remember that one. That was back. They did what ifs for every event back, yeah, in, no, back awesome. in that era. So good. At D Farris, are you? Dan Farris tweets to me: If you were to cast recast CM Punk as a Marvel superhero, who would it be? And he then uses hashtag Straight Edge Deadpool. I don't think he would Deadpool. He would be Deadpool. He's not sort of that crazy. No, I think CM Punk, if he had his druthers, I know he's a big Captain America fan, but I think he would do well as Winter Soldier. Yeah, Winter Soldier would be good. I think CM Punk would be a cool Winter Soldier. I know that he likes Punisher as well, but I don't wish that on anybody. That's a tough road to... Yeah, I would prefer the happy-go-lucky life of Winter Soldier. (laughs) That's what he should do. Just dancing and skipping through the streets. Yep. At Jedi Lamont tweets, So the reason Flash Thompson Venom can shoot webs is because the symbiote maintains certain abilities from its previous hosts, right? Then how come the web is counted as an ability of Spider-Man since he designed the web blaster himself? Well, when Venom shoots webs, as I understand it from reading comics in the 90s, he's not actually shooting webs. He's shooting parts of himself that just look like webs. I've never really seen... I think he primarily uses them to, like, swing around and stuff. He doesn't usually, like, separate them off. But even when he does, that's still parts of him. And, yeah, the symbiote has kind of memories of when he did it for Spider-Man. But even when Spider-Man had the black costume, he didn't have web shooters. He just used the symbiote, and he had never-ending uh, webs. Yeah. So it's different, slightly different. It's, it's also kind of gross. It's very gross. At Captain Malcolm tweets, How does Avengers 26-27 line up with Secret Avengers 26-28? Just answered it. Boom, you're done. Yeah. No longer shall you feel bugged. Yep. Secret so Avengers, then Avengers. Yeah. Tattoo it on your wrist. Go for that, Captain Malcolm. At Haskell5 tweets, New listener this week in Marvel and love it, even though I'm not a comic nerd and don't know what you're talking about 75% of the time. Oh, we do have that wide appeal. People just love to listen to us talk. Thank you very much, ML620. Thank you very much. So that first one was to me. This one from Haskell5 is to you, Ben. Mm-hmm. New listener to This Week in Marvel. Love it. And you. Hilarious. I'm not a comic nerd, but loved Avengers and got into Marvel emoticon heart. Thank you very much, ML620. That means You got an emoticon heart. I didn't. I know. Well, Blake got nothing, so you're still above. Yeah. You. Thumbs up. Yeah. I think that's very nice. We appreciate the praise. We do it for you. Yeah. Uh, another one from Haskell5 says she's new to Marvel, not obsessed yet. Is there a way to buy new cheap comics online well if you want to buy digital comics we have great 99 cent sales on the marvel comics app every monday if you go to marvel.com on the top you'll see a digital comic shop link that you can buy all your comics on there digitally and have them sync up to your app whether it's on ios or it's on android or you can even read them on the web have them that way you can subscribe to marvel digital comics unlimited and you get Pretty much as many comics as you want to read for a very, very low price. It's really cool. Lots of options. If you want print comics, I suggest you go to your local comic shop. Go to uh, comicshoplocator.com. Find a local shop. Go to them. See what they have as far as discount racks. If they have any, you know, books that they have on sale, different things. You know, maybe they've had books that have been sitting around for a while that are good that just they still have extra copies of that you can buy from them a little bit cheaper. But, you know, there's always ways to get that. If you just want to buy online, I say go with the Marvel Comics app. Another one from Haskell5. What, in our opinion, are the top comics she needs to check out? Any new amazing ones she can follow into? She's talking about being new to the Marvel Universe and, like, what can you get into? You know, I'd actually like to ask a follow-up to uh, Haskell5. We can always recommend our top picks and, like, you know, these are our favorite comics and stuff like that, and we will, but... I would like to know, you know, just as a fan, what kind of stuff are you interested in? 
because I think, you know, your best experience is if you're going to get into stuff you really want to read. So it's a very broad question. We get it a lot. I would like to get a more specific version of this question. Like, what are your interests outside of comics and fiction? And I think we can direct you to some really good ones. Yeah, do you like action-adventure stories? Do you like science fiction stories? Right. Do you like noir? Do you like romance? So there's a lot of ways we can go with it. That's the kind of question I always ask when someone asks what they should read. But she did mention that she saw The Avengers mm -hmm. and liked... She wanted to get more into Marvel after The Avengers. So taking that... Try uh, Avengers Assemble, yep. which is a relatively new series, and there's a lot of cool stuff in there. Marvel's The Avengers Prelude is a great book to pick up if you liked the film, The Incredible Hulk, Journey into Mystery, Captain America. You know, books featuring the characters you really liked would be great. Yeah, and if you want to look and in, invest in some trades, I would highly recommend the Avengers Assemble trade series with Kurt Busiek and George Perez. It's good about really giving you a crash course in who the Avengers are, beyond the stuff you already know from the movie they have a lot of stuff going on but they're very good about introducing you to the team and then i think you'll be hooked from there yeah at haskell five also tweets to me so my friend said that you and dc comics were the same and i got offended what would you say the differences are besides heroes well we're better i mean that's pretty much it no uh you know it's, we're in a different office we're a different building so that's different yep you know it's they don't have blake so they'll always lose if they don't have Blake. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So your weapon. You know, we talk about who is Marvel, what is Marvel. Our characters have always been very relatable. The Marvel Universe is the world outside our doors. It's very much, you know, you could picture Spider-Man swinging by, dealing with real-world problems. He is flawed. He is very much... You can see yourself in Spider-Man's suit. And that, that is not something you can often see with some of the distinguished competitions characters and you know character like thor had to go through a large experience to become a better person to become worthy of the tasks set forth for him uh, you know that goes on and on captain america deals with a lot of the stuff coming back finding himself out of place trying to be a leader of men while also trying to understand people around him i mean every character from marvel is very relatable on some way shape or form and the universe around them is very much an analog for our universe it's new york city is a character in marvel universe and it's very much a character in our lives it's a very important part of you know who we are and where we live and the same goes for other parts of the country and, and the world that about sums it up here a couple more Haskell 5. More from Haskell 5. The interns are always so funny and witty. How do you become an intern? Ladies, oh, wait, are we, what interns are we talking about? <laughs> well, she was replying to last week. She couldn't have been listening no. to last week's episode. It must no, have been that was, an earlier episode. Yeah, it had to be a different one. Yeah. Ladies, would you like to uh, talk about how you became interns briefly? Uh, sure thing. Um, you have to know your stuff cold. Make sure you understand comics as best you can. Build up a good resume. Make sure that you know how to contact everybody. Make sure that, you know, just... Generally, try to prepare, know the world of comics, get as many jobs as you can. Yeah, Kristen? Well, you go to the Disney website. That's how you actually apply to Marvel specifically. And there's a lot of different areas that you can go into, and we're here in web editorial. So just make sure that if you're in college, make sure you have your resume checked out, and, you know, just apply and kind of it goes from there. If you get calls, then you get an interview, and, you know, hopefully you get the internship. I would say that you don't have to be a huge Marvel fan to be That's an intern. True. I would choose someone who is more capable of handling themselves in an office environment, in a web environment, is more knowledgeable about all the different areas that we need someone who's skilled in, rather than someone who just says they have been reading Marvel comics since right. they were five years old 
and doesn't understand what a computer is. Like, yeah. just knowing Marvel Comics is great, but that's not the first point that is going to help you get a gig here. Um, it doesn't hurt. Uh, doesn't knowledge hurt. of comics no. is great, but yeah, we're going to look for people who we think can do the job. We can teach you comics. I mean, I guess in theory we could teach you computer stuff, but we don't want to. We're not going to hire you. And also it's important to note we only do unpaid internships for credit. So if you're a college student or in grad school or something like that, we can give you an internship for credit. If you're looking to get paid, you're out of luck. Yes. We don't do that. Last one from Haskell5 says, who are our favorite Avengers? I was impartial Hawkeye. He's always been my favorite Avenger. I like that he's the point of view character a lot of times. You know, he's the guy you could imagine yourself being, and I think Archery's cool. Archery is cool. Archery is cool. Yeah. Blake. Blake, who's your favorite? The, the best is Hawkeye. It's fact. My answer. Yeah, I hate that, but it's true. <laughs> I like Beast a lot as an Avenger. Beast is fun as I an Avenger. I think he's a great Avenger. Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, mm-hmm. I think is more and more become one of my favorite Avengers. She's such a badass but she's really cool and really fun as well. I think she's a great character. Interns, you got favorite Avengers? I like the Hulk. I think that he's a character that's really relatable because he's somebody that you would look at and think that he's this bad person, but inside he's always like trying to do the right thing, and he right. really does have like this good quality about him. He's like Blake. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, gonna have to say the Hulk too. I just he's been growing on me more and more the more I see of him. You know, he's a good guy, and it's yeah. nice to see that. It's very interesting to me because it kind of shows that like these are younger members of the This Week in Marvel podcast because for years we never thought of the Hulk as an Avenger, even though he's a founding member of the sure. team, but he was never associated with the team. You know, when we were kids, he was off doing his own thing, but now through the Ultimates, through the movie, through the cartoon, yeah. he's an Avenger again and adds a cool dynamic yep. to the team. At King Phoenix asks, love the show. Curious at how one would try to pitch movie or TV show ideas to Marvel and be heard. Any suggestions? So, Eric, my suggestion is not do it. You will not be heard. We cannot accept unsolicited ideas or submissions. That is a legal thing. If you start to pitch stuff to anyone at Marvel, they will have to ignore you, block you, stop communications with you. We cannot accept those types of things if you get established in the business we will come to you yes exactly so work on becoming big in movies and tv and then we will come to you yeah if you want to write comics for marvel write something somewhere else doesn't have to be comics write a novel write a screenplay do something of note get published and get your name out there and then you know you'll find your way to marvel if that's your path another thing from at king phoenix who says oh and one more thing which is a lie because i already see he has more tweets on the next page Oh, and one more thing. Powerhouse versus Rogue. There could be a couple powerhouses referring to here. There's, of course, the classic Nova villain from of the course. 70s who siphoned powers, so he would, like, take powers from other people, so a similar power to Rogue. Tens of people remember he him. He was a Xandarian-trained space-class yep. warrior, Right. so I think he would stand a good shot against Rogue, mm-hmm. but I think Rogue also has, you know... The huge catalog of powers, so I think I would take Rogan that one. Could also be talking about when Alex Power was a member of the New Warriors in the 90s and had all the powers of Power Pack and changed his name to Powerhouse. Initially, he was Power Packs with an X, but he felt bad because he felt bad about stealing powers from uh, his siblings, so he became Powerhouse, which he also felt bad about because Nova pointed out, hey, that's one of my old villains, and he would lose to Rogue. Your brain is crazy. At King Phoenix asks, 
are there any Marvel live action TV series in the works? We covered this recently. Yeah, we always talk about this stuff. There's a bunch of stuff in development, where they are, what that means. You know, there's really, it, once we have more information, we'll talk about it right now. You know, there's not a lot to speak on. The animated stuff is really what's moving a lot quicker right now, right these days. There will be live action stuff as stuff is in development, but let's table it for now. At HW View, Christos Gage is the next Jeff Johns, just churning out the great work. Give him control of Iron Man or Thor. Both Jeff and Christos are friends of mine, and I know Christos would be flattered by the comparison. And yeah, I'd love to see him. You know, he's doing a great job in Avengers Academy, doing a great job on X-Men Legacy, and certainly he's got a future here at Marvel doing big stuff. So looking forward to seeing him do more stuff, but I'm sure he appreciates the compliment. Yep. At Jman15393, for some reason, tweets, I need more Daredevil. Is there plans for a new movie? I don't know. You've already got the old movie, the original, the classic. Just pop it in the old uh, Betamax. Yeah. The old Betamax. Put it on the beta. Yeah. Daredevil is currently licensed out to, I believe, Fox. So if they want to go forth with a new movie, that'll be news to us as well. At Jman15393 tweets, play Superhero Squad and loving it. Thumbs up, Jacob. If you guys want to play Superhero Squad online, it's HeroUp.com. It's a super fun, super cute game. Another one from at Jman15393. Where does Luke Cage buy his belts? Probably at the store. Yeah. I would say. A good store. What about those old... The chains? Yeah, the chains when he was Power Man. You can go to the junkyard, the uh, the Home Depot, yes, or to a hardware store, yes, anywhere Many like places that. to get fine chain belts. Chains. Uh, what about the giant one that said Cage that he wore in his Max Prob- series? Probably had that custom made. Yeah, that had to be custom made. Yep. I yep. can't imagine those are floating out there. Nope. Yeah. Another one from at Jman15393. Yelled out loud. This is for you, Agent M. When Cat beat Gambit in AVX versus Number Two. Jman. When, Jacob, good when, stuff. Jacob, I would like to know where you were yeah. <laughs> when you yelled out loud. Were you in your room alone, or were you like you were reading on the train or something? That would make it so much better. Yeah. So I'm hoping to hear about that. At Odie Darklord, I just read X-Men Legacy number 268, and I'm digging Frenzy. I would like to read more about her. Where should I start? Frenzy was introduced way back when in X-Factor, but I think a good place to pick up with her would be to get the Age of X collection. Her story really kicked into higher gear with Age of X, and then you can follow her into X-Men Legacy from there. Get a real good read. She's becoming a really fun, fleshed-out character under the aforementioned Christos Gage. Mike Carey did some great work with her, so glad to hear you're digging Frenzy. At OD Dark Lord continues, Thanos and another almost two-hour podcast. Life is good. Thanks, guys. It's good for you. Two-hour podcast make Blake and Kristen want to tear their hair out. <laughs> Love it. Love it. At Bullet to Anger. Whoa. Hashtag Marvel Heroes, hashtag Avengers, hashtag X-Men, hashtag Hulk, hashtag Amazing Spider-Man, hashtag This Week in Marvel, hashtag YOLO. What does YOLO mean? Is that safe for, for discussion? Yeah. Okay. Because you only live once. It's like a, I guess like an acronym. It's become popular since that Drake song came out, the motto, and now everyone's just YOLOing everywhere. We are old. You're old. I knew all that. Did you? Oh yeah, totally. I didn't know any Totes. of those. Totes. I didn't know you that. You only live once. I didn't know that at all. But that's, that was a great... True. That's my favorite kind of question where it's just hashtags and we don't have to answer anything. <laughs> yeah. At JessieB83, yes, the new This Week in Marvel is released. Best part of Thursday. Wait, what am I saying? Best part of the week. Pop, pop. Thank you, Jesse. At Josh the Bad Guy tweets, the podcast for the week of June 6th was the most fun to date. No events, Ryan. By the way, I've been listening since episode three. 
10 was, twim demerits to Josh the bad guy. But you were on the June 6th one. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Well, not, not with you guys. Well, June 6th, I was in L.A. Yeah, recording with Strawman. still on the show, so saying no offenses, you know, it's not like you weren't here. You were a no, big no. part All of right. the show. Five twim demerits. Yeah. No, I'd keep the twim demerits because he's implying that you weren't part of the show when you clearly were. Yes. 15 twim demerits. All right, so this is interesting. I see what the interns did here. At Marvel had <laughs> tweeted about one of our free lunchtime reading tweets, which X-Men member would be able to lift Mjolnir? Oh, yeah, because we do lunchtime reading, we ask questions. Yep. So at W. Bandoy tweeted, Storm, I learned this nifty Mjolnir fact by listening to This Week in Marvel. Excellent, Jay. Good stuff. At MitchOB29 tweets, Currently drooling to get my hands on Daredevil Volume 2, and we'll look into these as well. Thank you kindly. Gotta work on that drool, Mitchell. Yeah, look, it's hey, not everybody has not an attractive quality. It is what it is. If you can control it. At Nerdy Dirty. <laughs> <laughs> what about interns? Had no idea how to spell and list Chubanza and Hibaldo <laughs> after listening to This Week in Marvel 32. LOL. This refers to the lovely Kristen Maldonado, who is K Maldo. Yes. K A Y M A L D O? Yes. So, yes. And you got Chibanza right. And then Rachel is Comic Scribbler. Yep. I would recommend tweeting to them and not Chibanza, <laughs> except to complain. Yeah. At Laser Mountain Monster, Patrick Monster, Silver Surfer with a beard for the win. I was right. very proud of that one, mm-hmm. coming up with Silver Surfer with a beard. Mm-hmm. At Laser Mountain Monster, this far into AVX and no cable appearances yet, why must we be tortured? Uh, we were asked this on the AVX podcast, and Nick and Tom said, just because he hasn't showed up doesn't mean you won't see cable at some point, but stay tuned on that one. Yeah. At Laser Mountain Monster, favorite female character. Lately, I'd say X-23 just finished her series, It Was Awesomeness. I like X-23 a lot. Yeah, me too. I like a lot of the female X-Men characters from Rogue to Psylocke to Storm. Storm. I really like Storm. I like Danny Moonstar lately, too. Yeah, she's, she's been stepping it up freaking great. So. Yeah, but I gotta go with Captain Marvel. Carol Danvers. Argyle. She hasn't officially gotten the promotion yet. She's done. It's, only it's the, happening. It's only in the preview materials. She's still I don't Ms. Care. Ms. Marvel I don't at care. the moment. I don't care. At Randall Woodow. So much talk about Executioner's song, but oh, I've got... Oh, no. humanity. <laughs> <laughs> is that... Like, is someone at the door? <laughs> nope, he, no. he wasn't for us. He was just being a, a weird, noisy jerk. <laughs> that was a cameo from Nick Lowe. I think All you right. say Executioner's song, and his voice just appears. <laughs> but so much... Oh, yeah, Sorry. look, it's Nick Lowe, guys. I had to get rid of some riffraff out there. Oh, okay. No, no worries about it anymore. They're taken care of. Thank you. Hey, you Nick. I mean. Nick, we've got a hey, question man. you could probably help out with. I would love to. From at Randall for... Woodow. So oh, much, Randall. So much talk about Executioner's song. Oh. But I've got Buckley's chance of getting in Australia. I'm assuming that's an Australian expression, not to deal with Dan there Buckley. There ain't a Buckley's chance in yeah. hell. No, what no, accent was that? That was Irish. Hey, there are some Irish people who live in Australia. I'll have you know. What I want to know, will Executioner's Song ever make it to the Marvel app? If you had your say? If I had my say, that would be the only comic on the Marvel app. Yeah, just different variations. Or it would have its own Marvel app, the Executioner's Song app. Nick, how are the plans for the 20th anniversary of Executioner's Song shaping up? They are shaping up very melodically. Yeah, very melodically. I want to post that song somewhere. I want to make that song. Let's do it. Sounds good. Executioner's Song song. Done. (laughs) Nick Lowe cameo, guys. Special episode. One more from Randall Woodow. So, oh wait, two more from Randall Woodow. 
first one. Marvel character with most scars. Razor Fist, perhaps. We didn't think of that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Razor Fist has a tough life. Especially when it's he's tough, trying to wipe himself. Tough, tough life. That harkens back to an old episode, yeah. you guys. That was a, that was a ground, callback. That was a ground ball. At Randall Woodhouse, so much conjecture created by my snicked and boom slang tweets, but still no twin points. Must try harder. Well, you're right. Those were good tweets. They created a lot of discussion. The snicked one, I didn't care for. But your boom slang tweet, I can't believe I didn't give you twin points for that. Definitely 20 twin points for the boom slang <laughs> series. You're easy. No, man. It's boom slang changed our lives. At Ref Gemlin. That's at Ref Gemlin Hour. First question. If Vision and Victor from Runaways are both children of Ultron, then they are brothers, yes? Kind of. I sure. mean, in the sense they were both created by the same guy. They're yeah. robots. It depends on how you Yeah, how you want to classify robots. them. Blake, in the South, how do you guys feel about robots? I love robots, personally. Right. But in the future, the robots will overthrow us. Yeah. So not so good. Okay. <laughs> At Rev Gemlin tweets to Christos Gage, Metal from Avengers Academy has no eyelids. Their survival of his eyeballs being part of his powers? I think he asked us that one last week, and we told him the tweet. Yeah, Christos. I don't know what Christos' answer was, though. Yeah, I'd be curious. Uh, the intern should have found that one. At Ref Gemlin, I'll agree with Blake Garris about super metabolism being cool and acknowledge his reference to Penis Escard. Oh, is this one of your enemies? I'm not. He, I, so he's got he, so many he can't yeah, keep he track. Can't keep he, can't track. Ag- he can't agree with metabolism slowing down. Like, it happens. What? No, he's, he's, he's agreeing with super yeah, metabolism ha- being a cool power. Yeah, but, I mean, slow metabolism is a fact of life. Let's let's get out of here. Yeah, you're you're, let's get you're out crazy. At Ref Gemlin says, please note, however, that neither statement should be <laughs> registered as compliments. Merely observe observations worthy of note. That's smart. Yeah, very yeah. savvy. Yeah. long time no, listener. Guard yourself, Ref Gemlin. Yeah. <laughs> he also tweets, listening to this week in Marvel 33. Heard about the AR, the augmented reality execution in Avengers versus X Men three, translating Russian. ABX versus number three. I correct. Versus number three, translating Russian. Great idea. I would love to see this for alien languages. You never know. I mean, the response has been very positive for it, so maybe we'll do more. Blake speaks Cree. It's true. (laughs) You could have answered in Cree, but you didn't. Took it it in college. That actually is the answer in Cree. (laughs) At Rev Gimlin tweets uh, to you, Ben, I agree with Agent M. Sing more, and please don't loathe me for being complimentary. I would never loathe you for being complimentary, Rev Gimlin. We have been singing more at our desks, so, you know, maybe once our pipes are warmed up again, we'll bring it back to the (laughs) podcast. Two more from At Rev Gimlin. I know she's not a huge movie character at the moment, but I would love to see Scarlet Witch and Avengers Alliance. I would, too. Those would be cool powers. Yeah. Look, Avengers Alliance is going to continue for the foreseeable future, so there will be more characters. At Ref Gamlin tweets, Love how Strami gives a brief weather update during his segments on This Week in Marvel. Boys, tell us how New York City is each week. We did. We will. Yeah. You guys are psychic. Job done. Boom. So I got do that. All right. We're out of the Ref Gamlin hour and into the at Wolf Knight 26 uh, hour. I got to let you yeah. guys know sure. that Wolf Knight 26 was previously, he had a different name. Oh, really? Yes. So he Who wanted me to, to tell you guys, <laughs> and I can't remember what his old name was, but it it's not the Ninja 1991, is it? No, He's no, still no. with this us, is, right? Come on, look. Oh, thank God. So, but this is one of our regulars. Okay, cool. Let's go into speed round. Found out it is Agent underscore M who hates Gambit. You're a regular listener, and you just found out that he hates Gambit? Where have you been? He's catching up. Sorry, at Ben J. Morris, for thinking it was you. Agent M, why do you hate Gambit? Because he's annoying. Continue. <laughs> Hope you guys like the new lame. I started listening June 1st, and I've got caught up today. Love the podcast. 
It was not that regular listening. He just started on June 1st. It was, he's, I think he's listened to 30 episodes so in the last that makes, two weeks. That makes him a great fan, not a regular, though. He's, he's regular now. Just come on. At WolfNight26, sorry for asking for a theme song. Deserve getting five twin demerits, but hopefully we'll get my twin points back up. I even remember when he asked for a theme song. Did Blake give him demerits? Probably. That makes sense. Really like how at Agent underscore M replies to my tweets on Twitter. It really shows that he cares about the fans. It's all a lie. <laughs> at WolfNight26, sure, at Ben J. Morse would reply to my tweets if I were to tweet him, so I'll be sure to do that. Greatest podcast ever. And he did tweet me, and I did reply. So, Very wish good. fulfilled. At WolfKnight26, one of my main reasons for getting an iPad is so I can get the Marvel Comics app to read some more Marvel Comics thanks to This Week in Marvel. Awesome. Good job. At WolfKnight26, hope I don't lose twin points for this, but how can I earn some twin points? Pray <laughs> not to lose twin points. Five twin demerits. Yeah, you can't ask. Asking is, you, know, you gotta... It's like gotta, asking for a retweet. Just exactly. don't do that. You gotta find your own way. You gotta find your own way. Ooh, I like this one. At WolfKnight26, which six Marvel characters would you have compete in an elimination chamber match? Ooh... Coming back, I'm still trying to convince Nick and Tom to end Avengers vs. X-Men with war games. Yeah. But Elimination Chamber match? You know what? I would throw... I would, again, use it to solve Avengers vs. X-Men. I would throw Cyclops, Namor, and Colossus, because we can't have intergender matches. Of course not. Because that's not right. Nope. But we'd probably have a separate ladies' Elimination Chamber match, but I would throw Namor, Cyclops, and Colossus in with Captain America, Iron Man, and Wolverine. It's not going to end well. No. As long as I am well for anybody. No. All right. <laughs> at Wolf Knight 26. I love the answers you guys gave on my Spider Man question. I've been a big fan of Spider Man since I was a child. Makes sense to me. Yes. Spider Man, Wolf- remember, uppercase S, oh, yeah. hyphen between the R and the M, uppercase M. Come on, guys. Lock it up. <laughs> at Wolf Knight 26. Is there a question comment limit? Because I feel like maybe asking comments is too much and don't want to annoy you guys. Obviously, there's not. No. I think we've proven that. Time We're just going to have to speed again. through these. Yes. At Wolf Knight 26. Which Marvel character resembles The Undertaker the most? I am thinking Ghost Rider or Punisher. What do you think? I don't know. Grim Reaper? Yeah. Resembles. Yeah. Um, resembles. You know what? Tombstone? The, yeah, Tombstone. That's a good one. Good call. And finally, from at Wolf Knight 26, the Avengers movie will always have a special place in my heart because it premiered on my girlfriend and I's 17-month anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, very cute. 17 months. Nice. I'll just say a year and never mind. Go on. Keep going. All right. At Leftover Takeout tweets is Hickman doing any more Marvel projects? It seems like everything he's working on will be wrapping up soon. The answer is oh, yeah. You better believe it. Ben and I were reading about some of the stuff that he's got coming up secretly, and we were just freaking out. Our heads were exploding, as they should when you read about what Jonathan's doing. At Simon Sebs tweets, interns must get paid a lot of money for all the abuse they take. Ha! Low, 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 low. Oh! Good stuff. Good one, Simon Sebs. Thank you, Simon. All right, another one from Matt Simon says, Glad to see Aurora and T'Challa in Fantastic Four. After AVX 2 and Uncanny X-Men 13, I was getting worried about their marriage. I'm reasonably certain Fantastic Four takes place before AVX, so sorry. Yeah. At Simon Sebs tweets, I will give Avengers Assemble a chance when it comes out. Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon still not my cup of tea, though. It's their own. My wife and I watched the Ultimate Spider-Man episode that played on 
Father's Day. Yeah, I watched that uh, last watched night. Watched that last night. It's fun. I had already seen the episode, but it was hilarious again. I really, really love that episode. It's written by Bendis. It's called Freaky, and it's got Wolverine, Sabretooth. It's got Mesmero. Yeah, it's based on an actual Ultimate Spider-Man comic from back in the day. It didn't have a line that was very controversial from the comic, well, which I'm glad they didn't put in there, but I remember that line very distinctly from the comic. It's for kids, man. Yes. Anyway great i really love that show if i didn't like it i just wouldn't talk so much about it but i really do like ultimate spider-man anyway another one from at simon says why are marvel cartoons shown on disney xd instead of the regular disney channel different branding i guess and they're trying to build up disney xd and with the marvel cartoons we can give them something that no one else can have it's really cool and you know more cable companies are bringing disney xd on so hopefully you guys can all check it out at Simon Sebs finally says, where is Brother Voodoo? Is he still Sorcerer Supreme? Bad news, Simon. Brother Voodoo sacrificed himself to save our dimension back in the first arc of the current New Avengers series. So he is not Sorcerer Supreme because he is deceased. But the spirit of his brother is still out there somewhere and he vowed revenge. So yep. hopefully that story is yet to be told. And there is no Sorcerer Supreme if you were going to No, as far we as we know, do there's not no Sorcerer one. Supreme. At Webheaded Hero, while reading Scarlet Spider number 6, I noticed that on page 2 of Epilogue 2 that Kane's right hand has six fingers. It could, so are you saying could be a plot point? Ryan Stegman yeah. has failed in some way? I don't know if Stegman... Did Stegman draw number 6? Uh, yeah, that was the last one with the four epilogues. Here are the possibilities. I think, yeah. One, yeah, yeah, it was. it's a plot point. Two, Ryan Stegman screwed up. Three, and most likely, Tom Brennan missed something. Four, you're mistaken. Yes. It's just the I trick. still think the Brennan one is more likely. Yeah, or, or Stegman. I blame them both. Yeah, it was probably a comedy. What do you think, Blake? I don't think Stegman did anything wrong. Yeah, you don't think he had anything to do with this? Nope. Even though he drew the book? Nope. Okay, fair we'll enough. See. At Webheaded Hero, my top comics podcast, This Week in Marvel, and a bunch of other ones. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, our podcast is awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Spider-Man. Finishing up with that Ungage. Uh. <laughs> Grumble from Ryan can only mean one thing. It's the Ungage wrap-up. There is nothing better than at Ben J. Morrison, at Blake Garris, perfectly imitating each other. There's a lot of stuff that's better than that. It was Walking. Pretty, it was pretty fantastic. Thinking. <laughs> yeah. Talking to myself. Breathing. Yeah. Dental surgery. Laughter. <laughs> Kittens. Fluff. At Ungage, powerful comeback. You've been called the Trapster since the 60s. I don't even remember what it was in reference to. Yeah, I don't, who, who can tell with Tim? At Ungage, nice to see At Chubanza stepping up with that important hat knowledge. As we know, At Chubanza and At Ungage were the two parts of the most unexciting, boring, horrible segment in the history of This Week in Marvel. So they only complement each other. At Ungage, for Agent underscore M, the black suit Spidey and Morbius story was collected in the previous McFarlane Spider-Man hardcover. That may be true. Because you know what? I was thinking when I told you it wasn't in the Torment collection. I read an older Torment collection. I didn't read it. It's not in the trade. It's not in the Torment trade. It might be in the hardcover. Maybe. Maybe right. it's in the hardcover. Those are issues 13 and 14, I believe. Mm-hmm. And they're really great. I haven't read them since I was a kid. And final tweet from Adun Gage. Again, loving the Strami weather report should be in every episode. Strami, listen to the people. Or at least to Tim. Yeah. Who's sort of a person. Sort of a person. (laughs) All right. On that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you to the interns. Thank you to Ben. Thank you to Strami. Thank you to Blake. Thank you. kind of off this week. Yeah. uh, yeah, You guys had to get through everything. Yeah. I guess you slow us down. Is that what yeah, you're he speaks real slow sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there it was. That yeah. was Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, that was you. What? 
I didn't say it. That was you. Anyway, all right. So we're going to wrap up this week in Marvel. Thank you, everyone, for listening and dealing with our insanity. We'll catch you on the next episode of This Week in Marvel. This is Marvel, your universe.